There's a lot of penalties, obviously, both ways. Um, yeah, I, like I said, we never got going, so it was just hard to get any rhythm. I don't really know if we had a forward that really had a good game. Like it was, I was trying to just, you know, just waiting for something to kind of get going, and we just, we just, we just never got any traction. Peter kind of settled in after those first two goals, but yeah, just give us a, his a performance for you. No, he, he was good. I mean, he, he made some big saves there. I uh, can't, certainly can't follow him on the on the goals. You know, um, wasn't like we gave up a ton of chances, but uh, when you get down two, they obviously they even they don't have to get in and generate anymore when we weren't really generating much. And we had a couple of ducks there. Goalie made a couple of nice saves, and and we just didn't generate enough. Just kind of watching that, though, it kind of felt like at first they were calling everything and then they weren't calling anything. Was that kind of hard to coach? Well, that's the league now, right? It's kind of seems that way almost every night, to be honest with you. But, I mean, the penalties were penalties. Um, you know, we took some that we just we can't afford to do because it does take you right out of the game when you're taking that many penalties. It's, uh, you know, I mean, we did a decent job killing them. Actually, it's just, you know, it's too many. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. Adam Gold, Alec Campbell will join us here in a matter of seconds. Hurricanes fall to Washington to nothing. They fall to 27-17-2 on the season. The three-game winning streak is over. Alexander Ovechkin does all the damage. He now has 685 goals. That is 11th all-time by himself. He moves past Temu Solani into that spot. And uh, the Hurricanes had chances early, and then it pretty much dried up. We'll, uh, we'll get more of the particulars as we move through. We'll bring in Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, Aftermath, host, my friend. Uh, this was, I mean, I don't know if it's in the dud category because I thought Carolina had some chances early, uh, but how much stock do you put in naturalstatric.com? Because Carolina was credited with two high-danger chances at 5-on-5 five five for the entire game. Two. What's up with that? Um, I mean, I remember probably three. So depending on what they define as a high danger chance, I mean, I guess I can understand it. I remember the Martino try at the beginning of the game. Yeah. I remember the Tavo try in the first period. Right. <laughs> and then I remember the Lucas Walmart play to Hamilton where he got a tip and then Martino had the puck right. in the crease. And then... There was get the handle on it. There was also the stall try and a two on one, but maybe the stall yeah. try came uh, with and and the same thing with the Teravainen shot where they came maybe a little bit too far out to be. I yeah. honestly I don't really care because uh, these things confound me. I don't. What's a high danger chance for one player is not a high danger chance for another. Uh, right. But the bottom line is after the first, really the first five minutes, six minutes. And then uh, a quick flurry in the third period. And Carolina wasn't very dangerous all night. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the first few minutes of the game, I actually, actually felt like Washington was controlling the play. But then I looked up and I'm like, okay, well, it's only three shots to two or something like that. It was not that bad. But yeah, I didn't. 
I didn't think that this was of the dud variety, or I think a couple of games ago I used the word apathetic for whatever game that was, Tampa maybe. But because I thought there was effort out there. I, I, I thought they were playing hard. I thought they were trying hard. I just didn't think they ever really, you know, traction was the used was the word that, that Rod Brindamore used. They, they never really got any traction after the second period. He said they never really got to their game. And I, I think that that's accurate. They just never really took control no. of the game for any real stretch of time. And the, you know, the first period gets, you know, they didn't play well, but then it gets exacerbated by four penalties that they took. And I mean, look, yeah. you, you just can't take four penalties against Washington. I don't care how bad they've been on the power play lately. Um, and I thought they played better in the second period. That was clearly their best period, but they got three power plays out of it and didn't really do anything with right. any of them. So S- suck the life out of them. That was that was disappointing, and then the third period was just kind of nothing. I mean, it was just there just wasn't a whole lot there. So, you know, I it, it, this this is another one of those games that is is sort of there's just not a whole lot of anything definitive to take away from it because like, it's not like there were a ton of mistakes made. I don't think no, it just they just. They didn't create enough grade A opportunities. They took too many penalties. Sam Sonov was okay, but they didn't test him a whole lot. Yeah. Um, you know, Peter, I think he would want that second goal back at least. He might even want the first one back, to be honest with you. I, I will not me, argue that. Uh, I will not argue against that point. <laughs> the, but that, that for me, I, you know, Jake Gardner for me has got to be a little tougher in the corner yeah. on, on Wilson and not allow him to to feed that puck out front. So, you know, there were a couple of things on that play, but other than that, I mean, it just was a game where I just don't think the Hurricanes could find it. And well, that's re- that's really all I got on it. I, let's, mean, I don't let, got a whole lot. Let's go through the the, the essentially the, we'll go through the two goals quickly or at least I will and then we'll talk about uh what I think is a hurricane. I mean, we've said it before, but uh I think this game kind of exacerbated it. Uh, on the first goal, uh, Natchez and Dezingle are coming down at a two-on-one, um, and Natchez's pass is well behind Dezingle. I think it might have even hit him in the back of the skate, uh, and it sends Washington off on a on an, uh, in a transition situation. That's where the puck went deep. Uh, Wilson ends up with the uh, uh, with the puck behind the net, and he pushes Gardner off the play. And he gets it out to Ovechkin in front in the slot. And he sl- slides. It, lo- it looked like uh, low between the pads of Mrazek. Um Yeah, probably not uh, not great, but not egregious, I think, for Peter. Uh, right. The power play goal, I mean, yeah, it was a one-timer from Ovechkin. But Peter was well in position before yeah. Ovechkin ever took the shot. And uh, you could tell it went through Peter. It didn't it didn't yeah. go like you know it wasn't a bomb that went over his glove or anything. it just went through him and I don't know if Ovechkin even got a hundred percent of it to be honest and I, and who knows yeah. maybe if that didn't bother uh, Mrazek in that situation after that though uh, as a lot of people will you know want to help you point out after that Mrazek was great um, agree but unfortunately 
Uh, you're only as good as your bad goals. We've we went through this with uh, with every goaltender we've had here uh, for the last 20 years. Uh, sometimes, and when the team is is not scoring, and right now the team is really struggling to score, um, except in that uh, anti goaltending game against Philadelphia. Um, right now, you can't give up those goals because those are the things that. Uh, unfortunately, end up uh, causing you to lose. So, but but here's my general point about the Hurricanes: when the game is a speed game, they're in great shape. I didn't feel like tonight was a speed game. I felt like tonight was more of a a test of wills and more of a physical battle. And this is not a game that this team is equipped to play. I'm not sure that yeah. Justin Williams will make a huge impact there. Um, but there is an attitude that Williams plays with that they need on this team. And it's not, I mean, they have it in Martinook and, uh, you know, and maybe a couple of other players, uh, but they need that among their top nine forwards. They don't have enough of it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and you look at, you know, your top forwards right now, like Sebastian Ajo hasn't scored a goal in six games. Yep. But, Washington, you know, they did this to the Hurricanes last year, I thought, in the regular season. The Hurricanes went 0 for 4 against Washington last year in the regular season. And, you know, they, they're a team that can stand you up at the blue line. They can, they can muck it up through the neutral zone playing that physical style of game and not allow you to get into the type of game the Hurricanes want to play, which is the fast game. Yeah. And anytime you're struggling to, to break out of your own zone or you can't, you know, you're, you can't control the puck through the neutral zone or, you know, they're clogging up all the, 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 the center of the ice, which they do a pretty good job of, it makes it tough for this Hurricanes team. So, and I think that's, you know, the overall point is that the Hurricanes never could, they couldn't get, they could not get Washington chasing them. Right. And, if that's you know if that's the case, then it means that it's going to be hard for you know their 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 speedy guys to to get going, get out into open ice and all that kind of stuff, and it's it's tough. So they just couldn't they could not get to their game tonight, and it was a it was a struggle. I mean, but it wasn't again, it wasn't the ugliest game I've ever seen. It wasn't a an effortless dud. It wasn't you know, a mistake filled game. It just was more about, I thought Washington keeping the hurricanes from getting to the things they want to do. Yeah. It was probably also, I mean, we don't, I don't see a ton of Washington capitals hockey, but uh, this might been, it might've been the better, uh, one of the best games. Alex Ovechkin has played on both ends of the ice. Uh, not only did he have the two goals, but he stopped Jordan Martinook from making it a 2-1 game uh, with a great back check. It was a play you mentioned uh, earlier where Walmart fed to Hamilton for the tip, and the, uh, it kind of fluttered just wide of the goal, and Martinook looked like he was going to gather it and shove it in, and Ovechkin, uh, good back check, good smart defensive play, and he foiled the play. Uh, Brock McGinn came in, tried to poke at it, but it was too late. So Ovechkin really played on both ends, and he played a physical game as well. Uh, and it's the one thing that Carolina is going to have to uh, have to deal with. Um, they have four guys on goal scoring droughts right now among their top 
uh, nine forwards, and none of them are named Andrei Svechnikov, who um, I, he's got some goals over the last few games, but I don't think Svechnikov has played uh, anything close to his best. I think it's been two or three weeks at this right. point. Uh, Ajo, six without a goal. Hall, a six without a goal. Dezingle, five without a goal. Stahl, five without a goal. Uh, those are um, three of your top six offensive player players, and then Stahl, who's playing essentially top six minutes. Uh, so these guys are going to have to get on the score sheet and be productive if Carolina is going to, uh, you know, maintain their position in the wild card standings. And I mean, the the Aho thing is somewhat alarming because this is the time of the year where he has to be great. And we saw great Sebastian Ajo for four, five-game flashes earlier, but it's been a while. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, the power play hasn't been very good either. No. They're just not. Oh, for their last you know, 13 of the power play. It's funny because we spend a lot of time talking about the defense and, you know, early, you know, a month ago. The last, you know, when the Hurricanes started this three-game series with uh, with the Caps to, to close out the regular season series, at that time it was all about odd man rushes and defensive mistakes and mismanaged pucks. And now it's about finishing and getting consistent offensive performances from your best players. And I don't think we've seen that yet. We haven't seen it from Ajo. I mean, I, I'm – I feel like I'm still waiting yeah. for a dominant level of play from Sebastian Ajo. And not just dominant, but consistently dominant. And Forza mentioned it on the aftermath tonight where you got to have those guys, you know, matching up against the other team's best players too. You know, you talked about it last year with Rod. Right. And what he, what he told Ajo going into the offseason was that you got to be able to trust him on the ice against the league's best players each and every night out. Now, you're going to have a dud here and there, right? But you can't go six games without a goal. Right. Not when you're the not when you're supposed to be the best forward on the team. You know, the highest paid player on the team. Um that just can't happen. So they got to get they got to figure out some stuff on their their top power play unit. But they got to get back to some finish. And I mean, I don't know if it's something where that's just a streaky thing in terms of finishing because we've seen it from this team this year. They can be a potent offensive team at times. Uh, we've seen how many pond hockey games have we seen this yeah. year? You know, it almost felt like at a time this year that they were content playing pond hockey because they knew they had the scoring talent on yeah. the team. And they have, they have of, an abundance of speed, which translates yeah, well. And, and that kind of worried me that they, they'd sort of fallen into this place where they felt like they were so good offensively that they didn't really have to do anything else you know that they they could just get in these four or five goal games you know every night and win like that and now suddenly it feels like you know the goals are are harder and harder to come by and you know i don't think it's going to get any easier either in terms of the competition no i agree uh, <laughs> uh Matt- I mean, how many times have we seen pittsburgh yet this year I mean, I don't think we've seen them yet, right? We have not seen Pittsburgh at all. We've seen Toronto once. We've seen Boston once. 
Uh, I'm going to bring up Boston here in a second uh, in a a kind of a a wacky sort of way. Um, But here's the uh, here's here's what I'm thinking about in terms of uh, what I think Rod is going to do. And will he do it Thursday? I don't know. Uh, But I do think that things have gone just a little bit stale offensively. And he certainly has with the power play, but I don't know how much uh, changing he's going to do to the power play units. Uh, But I will not be surprised. In fact, I kind of expect to see some changes to the forward groups uh, on Thursday in Columbus. Maybe he gives it one more day, but they have Thursday, Friday, Sunday. And uh, I thought between before tonight, I thought they needed to figure out eight points between now and the end of the uh, the first, essentially the unofficial first half of the season. Uh, three of those games are at home. Obviously, Anaheim, the Islanders, and uh, the uh, and the Jets, and they ha- those have to be wins. Uh, and I think they really they need to beat Columbus on Thursday. I don't know if it means that Williams is going to play or not. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised, really would not be surprised if he did. They will probably, I don't know if they're going to practice tomorrow or not, uh, rather Tuesday or not, since some people will be listening to this on Tuesday. They will practice Wednesday before flying to Columbus. And I won't be shocked at all if Williams is in the lineup uh, to play, just to give them a little bit of a different attitude. Uh, but I expect to shake up to the forward groups. I think, I think they're going to break up. Uh, Aho Teravine and Nita Ryder, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of jumbling going on. Yeah, I'd be fine with that, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know what it, what it will look like. I mean, do you go back to a, a Spechnikov, Aho Teravine situation that was working earlier this year, and that that's when Spechnikov was playing his best hockey of the season when it's, that was going on. It's possible, and he, and he had you know he had a couple maybe a week or two after that where he was really good, but. You know, is it, is it worth it even for a little bit to get those dudes back together playing again where, you know, they, they may be able to build some confidence with a couple of productive games? I mean, I think the, the Williams, when he plays, is kind of interesting because, you know, John and I were talking about this on the aftermath too. Do you, is, you know, do you, do you just say, hey, we need a shakeup, and if you're ready to play, let's do it? On Thursday, can he play a back-to-back? You know, is he is he physically ready for that? Right. If you know, do you want to roll him out? You know, in front of the home fans, does that even matter? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, you you probably just do what you think is best um, in terms of you know getting him ready to go and also for the team. Um, but I don't know. I think it'll be it'll be kind of interesting. Also, you know, if you you know, if he if he plays Thursday and he's not ready to go a back to back, then you've got a break between the next three games before the break, or you just roll him out Friday and you've got built in breaks anyways. I don't know. I mean, he could I, play th- he could play Thursday and then come back against the Islanders on Sunday. Uh, right. Somebody's got to come out of the lineup anyway. So I mean, I don't I don't know how it's going to work. It, it would be odd to have him play Thursday and then not have him play Friday. Uh, for for the start of a three-game pre-All-Star break uh, homestand. Here's where, um, here's where the Boston Bruins come in. I know, I, I think you and I have talked about it before, and I just think it's kind of odd. The Hurricanes have two overtime losses all season 
which is the fewest in the entire NHL. Uh, Detroit has three. There's a handful of teams with four. But two is the fewest, uh, you know, loser points in the league. Boston has 12 overtime losses. Boston actually has lost more games than the Hurricanes have lost. But because they lost 12 of them in overtime, they have 66 points. It is a bizarre, bizarre... Look, the Hurricanes used to be the king of the overtime loss. Right. And now, they don't, they're just, they're, they've only got five overtime wins, maybe six overtime wins. So it's not like they're going into overtime a lot. This is, regula- yeah. this is a regulation team. Well, I was going to bring up what you said, where like it feels like the script has been flipped. Where like a couple of years ago we were saying, man, if they could have just turned a couple of those overtime losses into regulation wins, things would be a lot different. And now we're saying like, man, if they could have just taken some of those losses into overtime and gotten an extra point, things would be a lot different. Yeah. Like tonight, tonight's game. Uh, yeah. You know, if you could have scratched a couple of points out. By the way, they end up losing the season series, believe it or not, to Washington. Uh, because the first win was an overtime win, so Washington goes two one and one, Carolina two and two, uh, in the four games. So Carolina got well, four and, points, Washington got five, and it wasn't far fetched. I mean, they they came back and won in game one, right? Uh, against Washington, I guess it was game two of the season, and they came back and won in overtime. And then last game they played, they scored three third period goals in a furious comeback attempt that was you know, eventually failed. So, you know, I kind of, I kind of was waiting to see the, the comeback attempt in the third period tonight, but it was not to be, it was not to be. So here's where we stand. Uh, the Islanders lost Philadelphia beat Boston in a shootout six, five. Uh, so the Islanders in 44 games at 58 points, Carolina man's the first wild card to 56 points. Philadelphia's got 54. Florida's got 53. Columbus has 52. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Thursday's a big game. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I've, been, I've been scoreboard watching and, and uh, standings watching for a while now just because the Metro is so crazy. But, you know, every time I look at one, you know, I see the Islanders lost tonight. It makes yeah. me feel like there's a big opportunity lost. Yeah. You know? I, 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 if for, for tonight, there's no question there was. Uh, to gain some ground, even though the Islanders have some games in hand, and uh, it it makes I mean think about what's what what lies ahead. The two uh, metropolitan division games that they have left before the break: Columbus on the road, the Islanders on Sunday at PNC Arena. I mean, essentially, it's it's there for them. And I ultimately think that when Carolina gets to their game uh, and they can get pucks behind opposing defenses. Uh, they can uh, they can do damage, but they have to get to that. Uh, they never got to it uh, tonight. All right, what's uh, for people who are curious? We're recording this as Alec drives home from the station. He's probably already home. Uh, I'm and, in my driveway, and, and we are uh, we are all going to watch the second half of Clemson LSU. And I will not tell Alec the score because I think he's starting it over. Uh, I actually already know what it is. I, okay. I, uh... I was watching the game cast on my computer and I actually I gave out the score of the game when I did the final scoreboard of the night. So ah. I'm aware of what's going on. I'll watch it anyways. So 
it's whatever. It's entertaining. Uh, all yeah. right, sir. We'll uh, we'll do this again uh, maybe Thursday, and I will talk to you then. All right, there's another edition of the Canes Corner Podcast. I thank you very much for the time. Uh, encourage you to uh, subscribe to this, download it, rate it, give us a, uh, some feedback, uh, all that spiel. Isn't that fun? All right. Have a, uh, have a wonderful night. Canes lose 2-0 in Washington. Third straight game with a shutout. First two by Carolina. This one by the Capitals. Uh, we will talk to you Thursday night. Bye. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sportsfan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast.